Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Evan Toth. I was on his show, Radar. We had a longer conversation about comparing and contrasting record-collecting vinyl albums with sports cards. There's different uh, generations, genres, uh, types, and styles. Uh, a lot of similarities there. We had a good time. So this was a, a part of a longer conversation. And I want to thank my sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Hugging the Scott Auctions, and Tops Panini and Upper Deck. There's uh, probably a lot of people that love music and love sports. So Evan's one of them. I'm one of them, too. But uh, sports are in first place for me, as I have told you. So here it is. And thanks again, Evan. Another similarity is variations, of course, in baseball cards, uh, especially nowadays, there are many different variants of different cards, different colors, but the same card, maybe just differences. In the record world, usually you have a black vinyl version, but Paul McCartney is especially guilty of this. There's a yellow version, a red version, a blue version. And so serious collectors say, I have to have every single color and they're going to spend $40 19 times or however many variants there are, where maybe there's another camp of people who say, just give me the black... Uh, vinyl version. I just want to listen to it. I want to enjoy it. What do you think? I have a middle category because I think the obsessive uh, collector that wants to get it, when they're not meaningful distinctions in the variations, sometimes you have to draw the line somewhere. So this absolute completist with contrived scarcities, that's teach their own and the person that just wants the one. But in between is where I was. And that is that I was interested in collecting meaningful variation to be something where there may be different cover art or something you know, maybe not at first glance but you could easily see there's some difference to it that is meaningful and that same thing with cards if you look at a card for an hour and you can't tell why this one's different from another one so i was looking for meaningful variations and i think the marketplace if it's a very subtle variation like that unless the supply they made one gold one but then again it was meant to be played one out of one, right? Those are always the those are always the yeah. things you want. Yeah, I've been grappling with two opinions lately. Personally, either that records are either overpriced and far above prices that I used to see, which as a buyer irritates me because I want to go back to the days where everything was a dollar. But sometimes I feel that vinyl is undervalued, especially when I see some baseball card prices. Wait a minute, if this card is so valuable, then maybe these Beatles albums really should be far more valuable just because of their historical standing in the music world. Are there key signs that something is becoming more collectible or that something is undervalued? Let me draw the parallel that in music, and it might be that there's platinum records and gold records that commemorate the sales. And some of these records you're talking about, they made tons of them. Tons of. But the cards, they made tons of those too. Right. The, the parallel is the Meet the Beatles record that I got that my sister, we supposedly bought it together back in 1960. It was not in perfect condition. So if you go back to the 60s, the records and the cards, there are not that many mint ones left that are perfect, but they made so many that it shouldn't be scarce. So that's the parallel. But constantly within sports cards collecting, people are thinking what's undervalued in this category or overvalued or unvalued. But the interesting thing you're bringing up that comes up is that at some point people say the whole category, the opposite has happened a few years ago. I think some people came in and said, this whole category of sports cards is undervalued compared to the cultural importance of that cultural touchstone icon. Okay, They may do the same thing with music. They, they may switch over to vinyl and say, you know what, whether it's compared to gold or cards or comic books or whatever, 
these records are now undervalued. But what would happen, Evan, I think, is that there would be a stealth movement that people would very quietly start selling their cards and loading up on Beatles and Beach Boys and anybody else from the 60s that they think is going to be the, the next big thing. And they'd come up with this fabulous collection because the dilemma that you're feeling, that I feel, is that things that I want now are worth more than what they used to be. Things that I have are worth more than I than what I have in them. And so you have that double-edged sword, bittersweet. Uh, right. If I want to buy more stuff, it's going to cost a lot more than it would have. And you're probably in that same position too. Yeah, well, pull a few things out and trade it or sell it and get something else. But I, the whole alternative space of tangibles and now with NFTs and all that stuff, eventually people are going to be switching categories when they think the category is overheated or overextended. I hope not, but some people are going to do that. Yeah, interesting. Well, it's interesting you bring up the idea that someone might be into sports cards and say, hey, th this is cooling off. Vinyl's heating up. I'm going to get rid of some of this. Do you think- Exactly. No, that's already happening. Yeah? It's already happening. It's happening within comic books, cards, right. gold coins, stamps. And Evan, that's always happened. Okay. Now it doesn't happen frequently because you have to give up on a passion of your life. You get a substantial collection. You can't just say, you know what? I, I'm divorcing myself. I'm going to sell all my cards and I'm going to get records. There's PTSD from that. I right. Think. Right. And whiplash. Okay. But if and it's regret. purely an investment, which I don't think it is for most people, if it's purely an investment. You're saying this investment is ripened to the point of it's very much low hanging fruit that I can see. If it's purely an investment. You could say, I'm, I'm going to get rid of those and I'm going to move over to a category that's ready to uh, take. I really enjoy hearing your perspectives on the tax code, believe it or not. When you start talking tax code, I, I like it uh, on the uh, podcast. I don't like the way it's going, Evan, but I hope we're talking hypothetically here. And estate valuations and ramifications yeah. on collections, but I'd imagine the same is true, of course, of vinyl records. Yeah, absolutely. I have picked some things up years ago for, like I said, a dollar or so that are now worth hundreds. And maybe we're bursting the bubble of some vinyl collectors out here. But can you talk about the wealth implications of a hobby collection? What do people assume versus what the real reality is of some of these large collections? Collectors of the world unite. Yeah. All of us are in that same boat. If the tax code changes, just even capital gains that are unrealized. If you buy something and it went up in value. Of course, they don't talk about it if it goes down in value, but that hasn't happened in your category or mine recently. I think politicians, legislators are not concerned. We we just need to elect some more collectors to the Congress <laughs> and Senate because otherwise they don't understand the passion. A very small percentage of our friends are in it just for the money. A lot of people like to break even or I'd like to have a hobby that's self-sustaining. But most people are not crass. I'm just in it for the money. But if the government tampers with it and changes things up, it can really put a damper on the enjoyment of what I think is at least 80% of the people that are just enjoying a fun hobby that is lucrative for a very small percentage of people, but sustaining for a bunch that's they're breaking even. The IRS ought to be about profits, not uh, gross receipts. I feel like I don't get to hear much about your collection on the podcast. I know you've been trimming your collection down over the last few years, but what do you look for nowadays? How do you not have everything you'd ever hoped to acquire at this point? Well, I have almost everything I hope to acquire. Now, I've, I've had in the past, I've had things that I've deaccessioned or I've released actually into the hands of a collector that really appreciated. So my goal is to have less cards. Now, I'm on the downhill uh, slide, but I've had some people ask me to do some video episodes where I go through my wall and tell some stories of some specific cards that are in my collection, some of which are 
obscure and have some interesting stories. So that'll be on the horizon. That's something for me to work toward. Like I said, I don't even know that I'm going to quit when I get to a thousand. Actually, I'm not a quitter. So I can't even use that word. I've got the energy at this point and I'm never going to run out of episode top. So my expression now is sharing the information more than buying cards. I do buy some cards, but it's not consequential. It's just keeping my finger in the pie. If you think that'd be interesting, I'll probably be doing a little bit more of that. But I I don't go to a show with thinking, this is what I want to get. If I went into a record store, just to tie it back to records, which I used to do, but if I did, it's like when I went to Blockbuster back in the day when they'd have all the the videos there. I'm encyclopedia. I want to be surprised. I want to be delighted. So if I went to a record store, I, I oh, you know what? I, I I couldn't have a want list because I didn't perceive or know that I wanted it. I didn't even know it was available, but I saw it and I thought that's a reasonable price. I'm going to buy it. Right. And that's the way I do cards now too. It's more fun that way instead of being prescriptive of here's what I have to have. Yeah, it's true. The, the serendipity is for me too is most of the fun. But not all collectors are that way. I love to have a mishmash. I'm a real eclectic person. Sometimes there's classical stuff. Sometimes it's jazz. Sometimes it's rock and roll. So I can bring home anything on any given day. Some people walk in and they're oh, let's see. And I used to be like that, so I don't begrudge that. But certainly when I was more into music back in the day when I had less time on cards, if I went to a music store or I, I would have a, something I was looking for and, and something like that. Just like a lot of trips to the Blockbuster, I'm looking for a specific video, just like I was looking for Roberto Clemente back in the day. But now I have enough. I'm not uh, short on anything and I'm enjoying my uh, my current status. Yeah, I listened to um, music when I was doing the, the uh, price guides, when I was doing the all-nighters and I'd always have, and, and it was cassettes back in the day because this was in the late 70s, 80s, 90s, and CDs toward the end. But I listened to tons of Broadway show tunes. Oh, yeah? And a lot of oldies I had. And I would just, I haven't expressed this. I couldn't do shuffle because it, it wasn't digital. I had one of those CD players that would stack. But basically, since I was pricing cards at the same time, there's a different part of your brain that does music. And if you have all the songs memorized in terms of all the lyrics and all the tunes and all the order of the songs on the album, right on the CD, you're mindlessly singing along with headphones on with right. nobody in the office where I can sing as loud as I wanted and just enjoy the music without thinking about it and not distracting from checking uh, my notes and the, all the, the price guide stuff that I was doing all night long. Then it, every once in a while, I, I got to go to the bathroom and I think, wait a minute, I just heard that album three times in a row and it's phantom of the opera or something i've been to the shows but knowing all those things again i found it soothing if i was getting sleepy i'd put a more up-tempo thing but that got me through it i i don't think i could have done all those long hours without music in my ears yeah that's interesting that's a bold uh, statement yeah that predates the ipod yeah i I had an early ipod just a more tangible guy i think from the cards Uh, you might be too yeah it's also interesting that you're talking about that kind of a loop effect because i remember when i was much younger my parents had eight tracks in the car one of the interesting things about the eight track it just went it just went right and it's true of a cassette too although cassettes not you could rewind you could rewind had to rewind or flip them around the ones i had played both sides but yeah but yeah, that loop effect, and there's that song again, and uh, you kept hearing it, and it was comforting. We don't really experience that much anymore because it, there's so much to hear, and even if you put on your Pandora or some kind of a stream on your computer, they're not going to play the same thing twice. But that would have been very upsetting to me if I'd had Pandora or some other kind of a shuffle situation, because then a good song comes up that's unexpected, 
right. it, 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 it jogs you from what you're concentrating on to think, oh, I like that song. Instead of mindlessly enjoying, again, what was, I think, great music right, uh, and great lyrics. So it was a lot of fun. Cool, cool. One of the things I love about the, the baseball card hobby is the the camaraderie and the community that is really built. It, people are, are very nice. I think, not to categorize music or records, but I think record people have a little bit of a reputation for being a little surly. But I, I bring my kids to the baseball card shows and everybody's talking to the kids and it's just a great vibe and people want to chat and they want to do that in the record world too. But I got news for you. Oh, record world will be exactly like that. If the prices double overnight, <laughs> everybody be walking around with a smile on their face. <laughs> I mean, but no, I think sports, it's a great parent-child experience as well. And music should be too. It is, yeah. Devin, thanks for your insightful questions. I've been thinking about this for a while, just the, the importance of music. And like I said, I had a crossroads in the eighth grade of whether I'm going to go more toward music or more toward uh, sports. But I'm not going to do a redo on my life. I'm happy with where I am. And if we were to switch places, I'd be coveting the cards, I think. But I'd enjoy the albums, too. Very good. Ideally, people are enjoying the sport and enjoying the cards, enjoying the music and enjoying the albums. I, I hope it's a small percentage that are just purely in it for the money or can you imagine not liking sports and collecting sports cars or not liking music and collecting albums? <laughs> you probably met someone that, that it doesn't happens, play baseball. It happens, but it's the exception. It's a huge baseball card collection. It's the exception. The man